0: We're talking about the assessment of land and how to get, make sure to get a fair price when someone is selling on behalf of someone else. So Mishnah says If a court is selling land let's say on behalf of Orphans uh, to uh, raise money to pay a creditor or the widow, and so they go and assess the value of the land, but they make a mistake and they assess it to be a sixth or more less than it's actually worth, or a sixth or more uh, or, or more uh an increase more than it's worth then that sale is null and void if they sell it for too little the orphans can come and say hey you've sold it for too little and even though they're the betin the orphans have a claim you cheated us and therefore it's, it's void or if they overpriced it then the buyer can come and say hey you overpriced it i paid too much And if it's just a little bit more or a little bit less, that's fine. This is related to the law of ona'a in general. If I sell you a camera and I overcharge you by more than a sixth, then you have a right to come and claim and say that I overcharged ona'a and therefore the sale is is, uh, void and you can get your money back. Or the opposite, if you paid uh, more than a sixth, less than it's worth, then I can come and say, I want to void the sale. So this is true for a betin as well assessing land. That's the opinion of Tanakama, that's the Chachamim. However, Laban Shibam Megamliel Omer, Michran Kayam, Imken, Makor Betin Yafe, Lashbag says, even if the court uh, charges too much or, uh, or too little, uh, I mean, they assess for too much for too little. Nevertheless, the sale is valid, because if you say it's void, then where do you see the power of Betin? Right? Then it will be the same as any messenger who makes a mistake, or the, or, or the widow herself, if she makes a mistake, then it's void because they're, they're cheating the orphans or cheating the, the buyer. Um but the whole point of going through Betin is we're going to go through an official channel who is uh who who is um uh who can be trusted and therefore that is the the authority of the Betin, that even if they uh, make a wrong assessment, that assessment sticks that's why we're going through the betin in the first place so that, that's that's rashbag. now everyone agrees, however, aval. This is back to Tanakama. If the Betin goes ahead and makes a public announcement, it's called a document or letter of inspection. I get it. Like, um, like uh, the Migilat. Migilat is still called an I get it. Something that you read out loud, a proclamation of inspection saying, everybody come and inspect this land and see how much you think it's worth. In other words, a public auction. Then no matter what they say, the amount they sell it for, it is valid, even if it's something that's worth a hundred, and they sell it for two hundred. Now, usually, when you say a sale, sell the sale price actually uh, is what it's worth, right? There is, the market determines what the price is. What they must mean here is that it's a piece of land that normally, according to the regular formula of the square footage and the location and all that, uh, normally would go for a hundred based on normal standards. But if they find someone that's willing to pay two hundred. And it was a public auction. Then that sale is valid, or the other way around. If it was worth two hundred and they only got a hundred for it, but they did this public auction, then everyone would agree that the sale is valid, even Tanakama. But Ashbag would say it's always valid, even if they don't make a public auction. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Now, question: Iba Shaliach Keman. So, if there is an agent, we'll call it. Let's assume it's Tovotam, an agent of the court. Um, so, uh, what's the status of an agent of the court? not the whole court coming and making the assessment, but a single agent who's working on behalf of the court. So, what status does that um, person have? Dava says, it's the same as the dayan. Since the judges um, have authority to uh, set, set a price, so too the um, uh, and they can be off. The point is that the judges, even according to Tanakama, the judges have a right to be off by. An amount up to a sixth and is still valid. Uh, so the messenger of the dayanim all have the same law. Whereas Rav Shmuel bar Bista Nachman, both of them are saying in the name of Rav Nachman. So two different opinions within Rav Nachman. So Rav Shmuel, however, says kealmana. It would be like a widow. If a widow is selling land of the orphans, uh, in order to raise money for herself, then if she she has to get the number exactly right. If she's off even by less than a sixth then the sale is void. Sarav so Shmuel says that a messenger of the Betin does not have the status of a Betin, but rather is like a single person, like the same as an Almana, and does not have that one-sixth leeway. What would be their reasoning? De So the reasoning of Rava, uh, of Rava in the name of Rav Nachman, who says that the single messenger, It's the same as a full court is because, just like regarding the judges, they're not selling it on their own behalf. Therefore, they're not going to be biased. So too, the messenger is not selling it on his own behalf. He doesn't gain anything by by selling it for more. He doesn't lose anything by selling it for less. And therefore, he's going to be fair and uh, therefore has the same law that even if it's uh, more or less, up to a sixth, according to Tanakama. It's still it's still valid. And this would be would exclude the widow because she's selling it for herself. So she has an interest in um in selling it for uh, more because that way she can get more. Okay, Rav Shimuel Bar Amarav Amar Rav Nachman, ke alman na amalman na afshalich yachid la betin de Nin, hu. So the other opinion within Rav Nachman, Rav Shemuel says, the a single messenger is like a, is like the widow, just like a widow does it singly, and a single person is never as good. Um, as um, as having a group because single person determines something but doesn't have a counterweight to discuss it with. When you have three people and then each one takes a different view when they discuss it and then they can come to the truth more clearly. So it's not about uh, them them having a vested interest but rather uh, being a single person. The messenger is like uh, is like the Amanah, and so that's why um, it would be a va- void if it was not the correct price. And that excludes a betin. Betin is a group of three people, at least. And that's why they can, uh, they can um, make a better determination. So the bottom line, halacha, is that a messenger is like the widow. And if they make an error... Even a little error, then it's void. We're going to challenge this. But how is that? this halacha different from the following Mishnah that we already learned yesterday? If a, a landowner uh, asks an uh, agent to go and... Uh, separate terumah for him and he doesn't know how much, he, he doesn't specify how much he wants. So the agent t- should figure out what does the uh, this landowner usually like to give. Does he like to give generously or is he stingy? If he doesn't know uh, then he should just give the average, the middle amount, which is 1 in 50. But if the agent added 10 more or 10 less to the denominator and gave 1 one out of 40 or one out of 60 that's still valid so here we see if an agent is off by a little it's still valid but up here you said that an agent is like an almana who cannot be off not even by a little they have to get the, they have to get it just right so why is there a di- why is uh, how do you account for this difference <speaking> In the case of Tiruma over there, where some people give in a stingy way. Some people give in a a, a generous way. So the um, agent said, I estimated, I thought, I figured that you're going to be a guy who's uh, generous and going to want to give a little more or less. And so it's all within the range of... Uh, of a possible uh, of, of possibility and so it's all valid. Whereas in the case of selling land on behalf of someone, you want the right price and if you gets the wrong price, even if it's off by uh, just uh, um, a couple of percentage points, Nevertheless, that's called an error. And the sender can say, I did not want, uh, um, I I didn't want, you should not have made an error. Um, You should have been more careful. So in the case of Tudoma, it's not about being careful or not. It's all within the realm of the, uh, of uh, the range of what people normally do, so there's more than one you know correct possibility. But getting the price right, you have to get the price is, has to be right. Um, and so that's why it has to be exact if it's a messenger. Now back with the back to the Mishnah, Hahamim say that the messenger has to get it the betin rather um, it has to be within one-sixth. Of an error to be valid. More than that, then it's invalid. That's chachamim, um, as opposed to Rashbag, who said makor betin yafeh that the betin has the authority, and therefore whatever they decide is valid, even if they're off by a lot. Okay. Question: Let le Rav Nachman, Nachman, levelet le Rav Nachman makor betin yafeh, Rav Nachman, who you claim said the halachas chachamim, but does he not? apply the principle of uh, the. Uh, w- where do we see the power of the court? He does in the following case. Uh, when orphans have to come and divide their father's uh, estate, but they're young so the Betin will appoint a, a steward for them and the steward will uh, uh, choose for each child a uh, proper portion okay so we have, they have to trust that the steward is going to give a, going to divide it up fairly however when the orphans grow up they can say you know what we didn't he didn't do a good job they could protest and say i'm not happy with my portion it's not fair now wadagmant idaama higdilo en yekholim limchot. Regarding that very case, um, uh, so he, that was Rav Nachman's name of Shemuel, but Rav Nachman himself disagreed with Shemuel and said, even when they grow up, they cannot uh, protest because otherwise, where, where is the power of the court? The whole point is that the court is going to appoint this person, and then whatever he, say, he says goes. If anyone who doesn't like it, then a protest and overturns, so it's like the din doesn't do anything. So here we see that Rav Nachman does apply this principle of makoach, and that yet up here he said the halachas like chachamim who disagree with Rashbag and chachamim do not say makoach. So which one is it? Uh, the case of the mishnah where Rav nachman said the laws like chachamim is where the bet din made a mistake and they 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 uh, made it uh, 20% more or less And so there, because they made a mistake, it is null and void. And so we don't apply ma'koach in that case. Whereas here, regarding the apot's who's dividing the estate for the orphans, they did not make a mistake. It's not a clear error. It's just that one of them is unhappy, even though it's not an actual mistake. It's a fair division, but nevertheless, someone is unhappy. So what does that mean? If the um, steward did not make a mistake, then on, uh, on what basis is one of the orphans uh, protesting when they grow up? And the answer is, they don't like the location, the direction. Right? If one of the orphans has some other land up in the north, and so he wants the northernmost, and the steward didn't realize that and gave him something in the south. So even though it's all equal size and fair amount, nevertheless he can uh, protest. Regarding the placement um, and so that's the that's what was going on here and it's in, on that that Am Nachman says, no, you can't protest because uh, it's, not, it's not a mistake. whatever the steward did is done uh, even if you don't really like the direction that he the, the, of the of the land that he gave you, uh, but nevertheless it is valid, whereas if they make a total mistake and just misassess a land, then we don't say apply makoach." And it's overturned. Amar Ma Ke And now a story about following Chachamim. Uh, Rav dimi, came from Eretisel and he said the Biudanasi, a case came before him where the Betin assessed something, and it ended up being uh, more than a more than a six uh, off. And he and he uh, up uh, and he followed Chachamim and invalidated the sale. Elazar ben ben bi we have a people have people named Perata, and each one named after their grandfather so we see that they uh, must have been Sephardic that they named after their grandfathers named after the the great one from the the earliest generation and he said imken ma and he applied the principle of well in, in what sense would be the where would we see the authority of the Betin if you're just going to overturn it? And once he said that, once Pirata said that to the Hechazir B. Tamas said, "Be says, oh, you're right. I changed my mind. I reversed my ruling. And I'm going to say that the Betin's ruling, the Betin's assessment is valid. The sale is valid. And so you see that um, he was going to follow Chachamim, but in the end, he followed Rashbag. Okay, that's one version of the story in the name of Rav Dimi. Rav Dimi However, Rav Safra Matnihachi, Rav Safra also had the same story, but with a slightly different version. In this version, Rabi sought to, he says, I think I'm going to decide on this case, like Chachamim that because the Betin misassessed the uh, land, uh, sale is invalid. But he didn't give a ruling yet. Not a final ruling. Ben So same uh, sage. So parata was there and said to be, if you say that, then where the where where will the where do you where will you see the authority of the court? You can't just overturn what a court says, and then law said to be and so the B says, You're right, I'm not gonna take action on this uh case, meaning he only thought about ruling like chamim, but in the end he didn't. So that's the two versions of it. What's now? What's the difference between two versions? Mor Mishnah Maybe the the first version of Rav Dimi is is based on the opinion that someone who makes a mistake regarding a a law that's that's transmitted in the Mishnah, that could mean the Mishnah as we have it, or more likely it's in the in the oral law. Choseed, even if it's not a Doraita, but still it's, ju- it's just it's uh, merely an oral law. Nevertheless, if a judge makes a mistake and didn't realize um I forgot something about the oral law, then he has to um overturn the judgment. And so that's what Adimi said, and that's why in his version it be overturned his judgment. whereas Raf uh, Safra thinks that one does not overturn the judgment. That's why, in his opinion, if it be had already uh, issued the ruling, he would not have overturned it. That's why in his version it has to be that he was—he just thought, was thinking about uh, following Chachamim and then, then he didn't. So is that the difference between these two stories? No, not necessarily. Maybe in fact everyone agrees that if you make a mistake, Regarding an oral tradition, you do have to overturn. And the machlok is just that's happened. you know what was the actual case. Rav Dimi thinks that he actually gave a ruling. Enough stuff that uh, remembers it differently. That he didn't actually give a ruling. So the controversy here is not about a, a basic principle, but just what happened uh, to be the case uh, in, in that story al-malta We also saw this uh, statement uh, earlier of uh, Rav Yosef that says a widow who sells property, even though she's the one that's making the sale, making the transaction, she's only acting as an agent for the orphans. And it's the orphans that therefore have to give the guarantee, they have to provide the title insurance should someone come. And repossess the land, uh, some creditor, then it will be the orphans that will have to be responsible for uh, paying back the buyer. And if a Bedin sells land on behalf of orphans, then also the responsibility is upon the orphans. You're not going to go to the Bedin and say oh you know um uh, they repossess that land that you arranged the sale of therefore the judges are going to have to go and take money out of their pocket no they were doing this on behalf of the orphans and so, so therefore that lien um whoever a lien holder comes and repossesses it the orphans have to have to um pay back the buyer okay we say peshita isn't this obvious um the 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 widow the Betin, they're only acting as uh, as messengers for the orphans, so why why would we think otherwise? And the answer is le bedina. So you're right. If it was regard, regarding the widow, it's uh, it's obvious, and you wouldn't even have to say this law is true about the widow that it would be the orphans that have the guarantee. But we are saying it, Rav Yosef said this whole statement because of the Betin, where it's not so obvious. I might have thought that anyone who buys from Bet-Din when the bet is involved and they announce it. So in the betin, when anything the Betin does is public record. And so therefore, this is going to have a, a widespread um, uh, 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 knowledge that this, this land is for sale. And therefore, the buyer might assume since this is a, has a public notice on it, anyone who has a lien on the land or claim on the land of any sort will then come to the betting and say, "Hold on, how could you can't sell that land? That's my land, right? I had uh, owned it before I bought it before. I have a lien on it i need to uh, I need to claim it and so since nobody came to the Betin to claim the land. Therefore, it's free and clear, and there must be there's no... I'm guaranteed by the Betin themselves uh, by in the process that they used that I, the buyer, I'm uh, sure to, claim, to keep it, and no one will take it. So I might have thought that that would be the case, that it doesn't even need a guarantee because the Betin guaranteed it. Um, The orphans don't have to, so therefore we teach that that's not true. It could be that afterwards, maybe a guy was away or he didn't act uh, immediately. They don't lose their claim to the land if they did, if they do have a valid claim or a lien. And should they come and repossess it, the orphans will have to be responsible for making up the difference. Now back to the Mishnah, Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, Omed, he's the one that said that the, if the betin um, overprices or underprices, it's still a valid sale, because that's the whole point of the authority of the betin. The question is, how much? I mean, even if they sell it for a hundred times the price or a tenth of the price, it's got to be some limit. Yes, in fact, there is a limit, and that would be half half or double, that that would be the most that is valid, any more than that invalid, or less than that invalid. And so we have a B'raita that confirms this interpretation that according to Rosh Bag, a betin that sells something that really is worth 200, but they sell it for only half, or if it's worth 100 and they sell it for double, then that is valid. But if it's more extreme than that, then their sale is invalid. They have authority, but not to such an extent. Now, Amemar has a halachic ruling that says a court must make a public announcement that they're going to sell it. That's a public auction. If they do not make this announcement, then they are making a mistake in a matter of a mishnah. It mean, or rather, naasu. It's as if they're making a mistake in a matter of oral law, and therefore uh, their decision does not stand. It's reversed. Their sale is reversed. They have to make this announcement. Now we ask naasu What do you mean? It's as if they are making an error in uh, in a in a matter of Mishnah. It is actually it's actually a an error in the matter of Mishnah. Because here's here's the Mishnah if we see it's a matter of established oral law that whenever the Betin is selling um, uh, the land of orphans they have to announce it for 30 days and when they are uh, trying to assess how much an item is that was made con- that was consecrated and now they're going you have to you have to know how much it's worth uh, they uh, announce that, Uh, 60 days, Um, and they announce it in the morning and in the evening, so we see that these um, definitely have to be announced, and so if they don't make announcement, it's an actual error of Mishnah, not like an error of Mishnah. Why did it say like? Yeah, the answer is, uh, No, if I only had this Mishnah, it doesn't say that this is not talking about a Betin. I would say maybe this is talking about a messenger, a messenger of the Betin, if they, he has to announce. But maybe the Betin themselves, they have uh, many people and they're experts in it, Maybe they don't have to announce, so that's what um, that's what Amemar is saying. That a betin also has, should must announce, and if they don't, it's the it's like it's equivalent to a shaliach not announcing either way. It's invalid. Challenge to Amemad. shum Quoting our, our Mishnah that says when judges make an a, a, a an assessment if they do a sixth less or a sixth more then it's invalid now what kind of case are we talking about kayam only if it's more or less than this much then it's invalid if it's exactly a sixth right or or less than a sixth then it would be valid now so why why is it valid even though it's not right on target my love de la achruz is we're talking about a case that they did not announce and even though they did not make an announcement, still, if they're off by less than a sixth, it's a it's a, it's val it's a valid sale. So this challenges Amemad, who says if they did not announce, it's an invalid sale. So we answered, lo no. Why are you assuming that they didn't make an announcement? Maybe they did make an announcement. That's the reason why, when it's uh, only a little bit off, that it is a valid sale because they did make an announcement. No, so, no, that can't be. <interacts> have <withests> <sight guessed Hera> The sefa of the Mishnah is surely when they made the announcement. So therefore, there has to be a contrast between the beginning of the Mishnah and the end of the Mishnah. And uh, so here's the end of the Mishnah. <Oakland> the so, so we get it if they made this uh, letter of uh, announcing and everybody should come inspect. Then everyone would agree that if if they sold 100 for 200 or 200 for 100, it is valid. So surely that is talking, that is describing an actual announcement. If the Sefa is about announcement, that means that Rasha was when they did not announce. And even so, Rasha, if he's only off by a little bit, it is valid. So you see, it can be a valid sale even if the Betin does not announce it. So you're right, it has to be the, that the Resha is talking about a case where they did not make an announcement. Yet, we can reconcile this with Amemar as follows. When Amemar said that you have to make an announcement, that's talking about items that the custom practices that we we announce regarding them, but the Mishnah in the De'asha that says even if you didn't announce, it's still and you are off by a little, it's still okay. Those are talking about that was assuming items that are we do not usually make announcements about. For example, the following items we don't you don't have to announce about them: uh, servants, movable items, and contracts. Why? Uh, because if you're going to make announcement, hey mr so-and-so is going to be sold as a slave all right so he's going to to chase. i'm being sold i better get out of here he's going to run away and so therefore uh we don't announce it because that way they won't uh, they won't try to run away and if you announce oh this uh, mr so-and-so he has this item it's worth uh you know, he's being sold. It's a very expensive item, right? It's going to go for $1,000. Another guy comes and says, I'll pay $1,200. Everybody knows this guy has an expensive item or he has a contract, you know, so a loan contract that he wants to sell. Uh, it's worth, uh, right? It's worth $1,000,000. Everybody's going to know about that. They're going to go and, um, and then possibly steal it from someone. Will, someone may come to steal in his house. So, therefore, these items it's best always best not to announce and so that's what the Mishnah is talking about. If they, make, uh, if they do not, even if they don't announce, and they're only off by little, that is valid. But other items, you have to announce or another way to resolve the contradiction between Amemad and, and Amishnah. We're not talking about different items, but rather different times that Amemad is talking about a time when we make announcement, and Amishnah is a time when we don't make an announcement. What do you, what do you mean, a time? When there's a time crunch, meaning... Uh, so the rabbis in the says that, say that if you have an estate that's taking care of orphans, uh, then and you need to pay the head tax for the orphans, or we have to provide food for them, or we have to uh, take care of a burial. Uh, so these are things you can't wait 30 days to make an announcement and then figure it out. They have to eat in between, right? The, the head tax has to be, has to be now, done now. The burial has to be done immediately. And therefore, in these cases, we do sell the orphan's property, even without an announcement. Uh, so this is what the Mishnah was talking about, and why it's still valid, even though they did not make an announcement. But in other, in other cases, Amemad um, is right, and you have to make an announcement. Or a third answer, to resolve the contradiction between Amemad and Mishnah. It's not about the items, it's not about the time, but rather about the place. Uh, There are some places where they announce and some places that they do not make announcements. Get it, it. In the Harda, they never made this uh, public pro- proclamation of a sale, of uh, that uh, of everyone come inspect because it's something going to be for sale. There's two reasons why they did not make such announcements in the Hareda'a. One possibility is because they're experts, right? The Harda, they know exactly, they look at a thing and they know how to uh, assess how much it is, so they don't need to make public public announcements. That's what Rav Yosef thought, but um, that that's what, Rav, that's what Rav Yosef thought um, Rav Nachman meant. But then, Amad L'Av Yosef about Min Yomeh uh, later on, uh, Rav Yosef said, uh, actually, Rav Nachman explained it to me fully, this statement that he said before, right? I didn't understand it at first, but then he explained to me exactly the reason that in the Hada'a they do not make public announcements because Because what happened is that anyone would, who would buy something from this kind of public sale public auction people would make fun of them it says oh look at this guy he goes and buys things from public auctions what's what's uh, what what do, you, what do what do they sell in public au- auctions uh land and, and items that were seized from from orphans right so going they're calling out the people will call such a buyer an ambulance chaser, chaser someone who takes advantage of people that are down and out orphans that have to sell their land and so this guy goes and buys that so people were embarrassed to go and buy land that was sold in public auctions and then then it was missing the whole point because then they weren't getting the best price and so that's why in the they stopped doing the public auctions it was counterproductive now uh, before we're talking about land but uh, movable items That that are left in an estate, one should assess them and sell them immediately uh, so that they don't go down in value, especially if it's uh, something that's perishable like food. Rav Chistah said, you sell it on the market day. You go to the marketplace. there's lots of people buying and selling, and that's, 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 uh, that's the best way to do it. These two opinions are not actually arguing on each other. Uh, if the market day is close by, then sell it on the market day in the market. But if it's far, far off and you don't want to wait so long, uh, then you should um, assess it and sell it immediately. In other words, do whatever, whatever is best for the orphans. So Rav Kana had some beer that belonged to Rav Meshachia who was an orphan. I assumed that he wasn't a rabbi yet when he was a child. But eventually he was, so when he was an orphan, he had this beer, and Rafkana had to take care of it as the uh, agent Shahaya rigla, and even he did not follow this rule and sell it right away, but waited until the holiday. Ahmad even though it's not going to be not quite as good it'll be it'll have a little sourness to it because I'm waiting so long nevertheless it's going to bring in a better price on the holiday so he he uh, calculated but in that case better to wait and get a higher price than to sell it right away so you see that there are exceptions to these rules and uh, the bottom line is do whatever you think is best whatever will will serve the orphans the best get them the best price with the least risk Another story is about Ravina, that he was in possession of wine, meaning he's the steward to take care of the wine of uh, Ravina the younger when he was an orphan uh, who happened also to be his nephew, Ravina's nephew. So this uncle is taking care of his nephew orphan um, uh, wine. Ravina himself also had wine that he had to sell. His own wine he was taking to Sikhra to sell. It was a good place. People like to buy it there. So uh, Ravina asked Rav Hashem, can I take the my, my nephew's wine along with my wine right or do I have to follow the rule before and sell it right away sell it locally uh, because anytime you transport something you're adding risk that might be stolen might break on the way but you know, can I can I do the same uh, with their their wine as I am with my own wine? And Rabbi Sheh said, for sure, it's good, for sure, you should. Um, their wine is no better than yours, and so if you're treating yours this way and you think this is the best deal for you, the lowest risk and highest gain, then uh, surely that is a good option for the orphans' wine as well. And so, once again, a couple of general rules and then a couple of stories. The point being that uh, if one is taking care of wine of orphans, one should make sure to do it in the best way possible. And we'll leave the new Mishnah for the next staff Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen v'Amen.